This is a Wisp Politics audio clip. For more, please go to wisppolitics.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our guest of honor is here, so we can uh, get this program started. Hi, Senator. Good morning. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well also. Yeah, it's a busy week coming up on the Hill. Oh, my. Yeah. And it's a three-week session before the 4th of July recess, yeah. and I was looking at the list of things that we have coming up. It's an ambitious uh, three weeks. Uh, I mean, to put it lightly, I think the biggest thing on everyone's minds before we jump into the heart of our discussion is gun reform. Yes. Uh, President Biden made an uh, emphatic plea to Congress to get to work on some type of legislation. We've seen talks happening in the Senate. The House is moving forward with quite a few bills. Where do things stand? How optimistic are you that things are different this time? Um, there are... Uh, there are bipartisan discussions going on in the Senate. Um, they have come to a series of uh, agreements that they want to move forward on. Um, not the details, but the you know sort of higher up. I do think something can happen, but I do not believe it's going to be particularly ambitious. Um, when you say, why would this time be different? Um, I mean, it's just unspeakable to think about children being gunned down. It's unspeakable to think about uh, white nationalists uh, going to a grocery store in Buffalo and gunning people down. And, you know, these things are unfortunately not rare in the U.S., but I think the confluence of uh, these tragedies uh, may rise to the occasion that something happens. Mm-hmm. But sadly, again, I think the areas where they've agreed to uh, pursue um, are not grand or bold. uh, But, you know, it would be confidence building if we could do something, right? Um, And maybe something could lead to something else. Uh, What I suspect is that there will be a small um, broadening of background checks. Um, I don't think they'll add any um, additional uh, disqualifying uh, uh, elements, but I do think that it will be applied to more uh, uh, purchases. Um, I think that they won't pass a national red flag law, but they will likely move forward in terms of um, pushing states to do so, um, incentivizing states to do so. Um, And uh, I I know they won't um, reach any sort of consensus or agreement on banning uh, purchase of semi-automatic, you know, AR-15 and the the like. Um, But uh, it will be... It would be helpful 
uh, as I said, sort of gain of confidence if we can come to a bipartisan consensus on at least taking some basic steps. It's funny that you say confidence because I could hear almost the disappointment in your tone as you mm -hmm. describe what can get done, potentially, and that's if it can get done. Um, what's your, your, your message to families and like in, in Texas dealing with this, looking at Congress, seeing these partisan fights play out and, and this is kind of the baseline of where things can be? You know, my message is continue to speak out and uh, that I believe is uh, is very consequential. Um, I looked at the calls that we've been getting at my office. Um, by the way, these things matter. We tally them every day. We look at um, the issues that people are reaching out about. And, you know, they're in the hundreds in one day, I think, surpassed a thousand calls on this topic. Um, and so it makes a difference. And I think that people are probably calling my office sort of knowing where I stand because I've been pretty uh, outspoken about it. Um, but I think that those that have been sort of digging in their heels and I'm not going to do anything on this topic, I think it does begin to move some of them. And so... What we have to do is just tell, you know, this is supposedly a government of, by, and for the people. And so uh, the people need to be very involved. And, um, uh, and then there's elections. Yeah, I mean, we could have an hour-long conversation on that, but I do want to focus on uh, the U.S. Innovation Competition Act. I was uh, around to see it in its infancy. I remember when Representative Mike Gallagher was pushing the Endless Frontier Act. Yes. Uh, and this, for everyone in the room, is uh, a huge advanced manufacturing technology research uh, bill, um, and its uh, original goal was keeping America uh, competitive with China. Um, we've seen, because of the pandemic, that there's now a huge emphasis on addressing issues with the supply chain through this mm -hmm. bill. Kind of walk us through where we are today on that. Yes, well, le let me say that um, we always knew um, that there were issues with the supply chain, but the pandemic sort of taught everybody that that was the case. I uh, don't want to take all of you down memory lane, uh, but uh, we all remember you know, March of 2020, and we didn't have enough masks. We didn't have enough uh, personal protective equipment. Um, we, when the test was developed, we didn't have enough swabs and reagents for the tests. Um, the, the pandemic really showed that if we, if there's a global demand and we do not produce it ourselves, that we can be left um, in short supply and uh, that's indeed what happened. This was the case in other areas, um, but the pandemic really made it clear to um, to Americans. Um, we had supply chain issues within our country too. I mean, toilet paper, remember? <laughs> um, and uh, in the food uh, supply, 
we also had issues. It, it was a lesson to me that our uh, supply chain is sort of bifurcated between people who produce for the individual market, grocery stores, retail, and those who produce for um, you know, sort of for for big business and um, uh, let's say. On the issue of toilet paper, the, the toilet rolls you see in airports and um, uh, in, in uh, you know, government buildings, etc., are not the same little ones you get at home. And there was zero demand for the large uh, items. Uh, the same is true, let's say, in a state like Wisconsin, uh, the America's Dairyland. There's cheese that's produced for the grocery store. And then there's cheese that is produced for cafeterias and um, larger scale uh, food service. And the demand dropped for the latter and grew for the former. And we had a supply chain system where farmers were dumping milk because there wasn't necessarily a, a, a you know, a, a processor um, that they had worked with for years who wanted their milk because there was no demand for their product. So we just learned an abundant amount about our supply chain uh, during the pandemic. Um, one of the things that I remember, I, I remember the very day when somebody pointed out the chips issue. I was talking to somebody um, who's a member of the UAW, and he said, um, did you see the article about uh, microchips? No. Um, he said, well, at the beginning of the pandemic, there was an estimation among car manufacturers that people wouldn't be buying very many cars, and it would slow down, and so they kind of, uh, you know, withdrew some of their microchip orders. All of a sudden, um, oh, and the microchip sort of pivoted to video games, right? That's something that people are going to be doing during a pandemic. As they're quarantined in their homes, they're going to be playing uh, They're playing video games. Oh, my gosh, when it turned out that there wasn't indeed a, a flatter demand for uh, automobiles, you were seeing car lines closing, plants on hiatus because they didn't have the microchips they needed. This is a pivot that takes about six months. Um, we don't. We invented the microchip. We do not make them in any large scale here in the United States, and uh, we need to change that. And so all of these things were sort of the impetus for the. Um, Endless Frontiers, it's had so many names. Who knows? We don't even know what the final name will be. Chips, the that, That's probably act. the most important <laughs> part of the conference committee that I sit on is figuring out what we're going to call it at the end. Uh, but, it, but regardless, um, we know that we've learned so many lessons that we need to, for critical components to be able to produce our own. If it concerns our nation's security, safety, or public health, we've got to be able to stand on our own two feet and produce it here. And, and that conference committee that you mentioned, Senator Baldwin is the only Wisconsin lawmaker a part of this panel. I remember in, in skimming through the uh, legislation from both chambers, uh, it appears that $50 billion are around $50 billion is yep. for um, creating those semiconductor chips. 
that's a, a key component, like you mentioned, for video games. But also, when we talked <laughs> last time, we learned that you know it's impacting agriculture industries as well. Yes. Big, you know, machineries or machines aren't being able or aren't coming in because of that backup. Right. I. Um have been visiting a number of companies back in Wisconsin when I'm home for the weekend or during recesses um, that are uh, dependent on a timely supply of, of microchips as well as other components. I was at uh, Kuhn, uh, which does uh, agricultural equipment in Broadhead, Wisconsin, and there were um, there were pieces of agricultural equipment, pieces of, you know, huge agricultural equipment lined up outside just waiting for a chip you know or probably multiple chips or some component that they didn't have and you know there's orders um they want to be able to deliver in a timely way uh but you know there it is it's waiting for the last control panel um, they don't actually deal directly with the chip manufacturers. They deal indirectly, but the person or the entity that makes their control panels um, doesn't have the chips, and so they're just waiting for that last piece. They can't get the machinery out to the ultimate um, uh, customer un- until that comes, and uh, that is bad for private industry in Wisconsin. Um, you know, I've always been a strong Buy America uh, proponent, even prior, I think many of you remember this, even prior to the pandemic and these supply chain issues. But I've really strictly focused on the government as the buyer. When taxpayer dollars are being used, I want to make sure that it's going to support um, good-paying U.S. jobs and uh, and manufacturers and businesses, service providers. Um but I've not usually waded into the private sector, but I think it is so appropriate, and part of what this bill does is map out supply chains. It, it, it tasks the Department of Commerce to look at what are critical things that involve security, that involve uh, uh, safety, that involve public health. Um, those things we need to be able to make sure we can uh, we we can produce for our nation. Yeah, I want to put a button on this um, because I want to give the audience an opportunity to ask you some questions. Um, I always ask about timing. Yep. <laughs> I'm sure they want to know too. When can we expect a, a, a finalized bill to to go before the chamber? Well, that's exactly where we started. We have a three week session right now, and um, then we'll break for the Fourth of July holiday. Um, the ambition is to get it done before we break for for uh, the, the holiday. Um, that's going to be a challenge, but I think we can do it. Um, so uh, June 21st is the announced date by which we hope to have a conference report and then go through the floor process in each house and hopefully pass it before we break for the uh, holiday recess. Got it. I want to give you guys the opportunity now. I'm going to leave the stage so I can pass around this microphone. <laughs> but uh, if you guys have any questions for the senator, why don't you raise your hand and I could come to where you are now. Anyone up first? Oh, <laughs> I'm looking around. 
Well, good morning. And good morning. Actually, related to the chips issue, I wanted to thank you in, in your office because you, your staff helped us understand what was happening with uh, the DO, Department of Defense procurement of chips and how that affects us. We're a healthcare company, make radiation therapy equipment accurate, manufactured right in Wisconsin, in Madison. Um, but I'm curious about the, your thoughts on prioritizing public health and, and those of us who support health care as we, we balance all the interests in, in procuring new technology. Yes, well, um, during the pandemic, um, there was a large discussion of what tools the federal government has to um, protect uh, public health. Um, and... Uh, one of those things that was discussed was the Defense Procurement Act. Um, the Defense Procurement Act um, is a tool that in emergency, um, when something is um, desperately needed uh, for protect protecting one's health uh, and the supply is uh, you know, there's not a domestic supplier or um, there, there's, uh, you know, an overseas uh, supplier but a global demand and so we, there's a shortage. Um, it's a tool we can use to incent U.S. companies to uh, produce more of something or produce something. Um, uh, interestingly, it was not in effect during World War II, but you have probably everybody a mental image of we need you uh, and uh, the way in which um, American industry retooled to uh, support that war effort. Um, so in a public health emergency, um, that was a tool that was used to a certain degree. Here's what was really frustrating to me um, uh, and where this is imperfect and we're going to have to uh, figure out you know, better, better tools. Um, so I remember in the early days hearing from constituents across the state, you know, we're a fire department, we're a police department, we have first responders, we don't have masks. Um, you know, hospitals, we don't have masks. We're being assigned one to wear for an entire week. Um, and um, learning that... Uh, a sheriff's department in a county and the local police departments were bidding against each other for a, 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 a supply. So, so a number of businesses started um, producing um, masks as well as these respirators that actually need to have FDA approval. And they were heroes during this pandemic. Um, you heard about all the distilleries that started making hand sanitizers, etc. Um, one of the problems was uh, that as soon as the supply uh, sort of righted itself, um, most of the large-scale purchasers went back to their old overseas uh, uh, v vendors. Um, it wasn't necessarily a hospital itself making a decision, but they d have these middle people who uh, do these bulk purchases. And so these heroes, these domestic heroes that um, rose to the occasion, so many of them ended up out of business. Uh, so we've got to figure out a better way of making something like the Defense Production Act or other tools work in a way that those who pivoted 
on a dime, right? And and turned on a dime and and did what we needed. Um, don't uh, get punished for that. That they actually, uh, you know, make 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 money doing it. <laughs> I think we have time for two quick questions. Anyone else? I saw your hand. Good morning, Senator. Um, so it seems from like my perspective as a young professional, it seems like like the foundations of U.S. democracy seems to be like routinely challenged. And you know, growing up in it, it seems like it's only just gotten worse. Uh, what sort of advice would you have for us, like young professionals in the room, some of us younger than the rest, um, uh, for like how do we sort of avoid the problems that your generation has sort of like overcome? Like what, what like what should we do to sort of you know take the steps to sort of like achieve more like equal outcomes for us? Yeah, it's interesting. I usually get asked as sort of, you know, like, what can I do to help uh, fix it? And what do I see as the um, reasons for going in the direction that we're going right now? And one of the things that um, has been really shocking over the last uh, decade, let's say, is the rise of um, misinformation and disinformation and conspiracy that um, again I, I find it quite shocking but the degree to which we have um, not learned how to separate truth from fiction is really distressing and uh, I think that's going to be a persistent issue until we have better tools for uh, for exposing misinformation and disinformation. Um, and, you know, we're certainly working on legislation dealing with social media platforms, uh, but I don't think that's going to be uh, an instant correction of that. Um, in terms, I mean, I, there's so many things that I think we could do to uh, lower the temperature in Washington lower the temperature in Wisconsin. This is not something that um, our state legislature has, uh, you know, this is something that shares is shared between the atmosphere in Washington and, and in Madison. Um, I do think that uh, there is a big media component to it. Um, Prior to 24-7 news, cable news, um, and social media platforms, um, there was a much greater incentive to be civil with one another. Um, but if you're trying to get booked time and time again on, whether it's the left or the right, on, on a cable show, uh, you're going to say more provocative things and things you can't take away next time you see the individual in the hallway in the Hart Senate office building, right? Uh, and that has had, a, a, I think, a destructive uh, influence. Um, you know, I pride myself in working uh, across the party aisles really well, um, but I think that's become harder for so many of my colleagues. Philosophical question there. One last question over there. If you want to, go for it. Uh, something else a lot of us here today, I think, are watching in this work period is the, evolve, the evolution of potentially a bipartisan energy bill, potentially a revival of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. It seems to change. Uh, so first off, we would love your insight take on how real those negotiations are. 
Yes. I um, certainly heard over this last week, which was a recess week, the Memorial Day recess week, um, that there were quiet negotiations continuing. They have certainly been much more quiet this year than they were last year. And I think that's actually good. Um, there was, I think, a, a downside to uh, daily uh, seeing the negotiations sort of happening um, uh, with with people tattling about what they knew. Uh, and... Um, and and I heard that the um, climate change uh, and energy aspects uh, were certainly still very much in play. I will say I don't have a lot of details, but I, I am hearing that things are you know reaching a new um, uh, new hopeful stage. In terms of elements, um, if if I were to predict, um, and this would be conjecture, but I know the areas around which there's the most emphasis. I would suggest that there'll be a climate title, um, quite possibly a child care or um, home care uh, title, and uh, a, a title relating to uh, reducing the cost of prescription drugs. And that would be my best guess based on the things that had momentum before and the things that have um, that we continually uh, hear from our constituents about. Senator Bowen, thank you for joining us this My morning. Pleasure. Everyone, let's give a round of applause oh, to the thank senator. You. <laughs> Again, I want to thank, thank our sponsors you. for this eat breakfast uh, here. You can find them on the board and then also see the Madison Chamber of Commerce for this party tonight. But <laughs> thank you guys again. You are free to dismiss yourselves whenever.